Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Guess what, folks? I finally have a tangible update, personal update. It took a while. If you're new, by the way, welcome. My name is Leister. If you're not new, you've heard me infrequently talk about personal updates, and I've, I've staved off doing them frequently simply because there wasn't much to speak about, but something came up, and I'm going to be talking about it. This is important. It affects the show and the cadence. I'm still going to be doing the once a week for the short foreseeable future till I can readjust stuff. But here's what's happening. I was woken up roughly about 3 a.m. this morning to sounds. Now, I am very sensitive to sounds that I know should not, that I don't recognize them. I know they are not, they don't belong. This has been since I was a kid. I remember, I'll tell the story. And if one of these people is listening to the show somehow, they might get a chuckle out of this. But there was a time when I had a couple of friends that would stay over. And in this one case, one of these friends had a friend, and I forget who the other idiot's name was, but he had a friend. And then there was another one that lived with this friend. And so the three of them were staying over. Now, I was a very trusting sort as a youngin, to my detriment. In this one situation, again, I'll never forget. I can even remember the layout of my bedroom at the time. The way my bedroom was laid out, the bed was against the far wall, and I had a, it was supposed to be a bedside, you know, dresser, table, but I instead had it near the door. Don't ask me why, I just did. Had it near the door. I already had a bedside table to my, you know, right side because I would sleep on my right usually. And I'm allegedly asleep, but I start hearing some noises. And it turns out that my door is being opened. Now, I had a trick that I would do where I would pretend like I was asleep but my eyes are actually, they're open enough that I can see what's going on. And I'm hearing whispers. And I'm seeing these three coming in, sneaking in to steal something from this dresser that's over near the door. And I remember the one that lived with the friend. He wasn't directly involved. He was kind of along, but he was kind of in the back. It's really just the, this friend and his buddy doing this. And I watched them for a little bit because I know they're stealing, but I also want to kind of freak them out a little bit because that's kind of guy I was. So eventually after I watched him for a while, I said something to the vein of wrong drawer or something else out of the blue, just random, because they didn't expect me to be awake. They thought they were being quiet and they were being quiet. If it were anybody else, you probably would have slept straight through it. But again, I'm very sensitive to these sounds. So they break out running, totally break out running. Now, fast forward, the reason I told that story I am highly, highly sensitive to sounds that do not belong. It's, I've always been this way. When I went, I drove from Colorado through Wyoming to head to Washington State. And I stayed at a, I believe it was a travel lodge. 
And when I stayed there, same thing, just sounds that don't make any damn sense. And I've, I've always had this. Well, I was woken up this morning at 3 a.m. and I hear weird sounds that I had been hearing for like two days, three days, didn't think anything of it. I felt it, it sounded like what you would hear if a box were settling down or shifting a little bit because I do have some Amazon empty boxes that were laying around. And so I figured maybe they're just shifting, maybe they're settling, this happens a lot, no problem. Or maybe I stacked something and it's starting to slide or move or something. Bags from Amazon, sometimes with the ceiling fan that's right above me, it will blow a fan, uh, you know, like a bag around and I'll hear it. So that's what it sounded like. I didn't think anything of it. But I started wondering, okay, it sounds like it's coming from a different room. That's weird. So I have security cameras at certain rooms. And the room I was hearing it from, I checked the camera, I don't see anything. And this room, unfortunately, is it has a lot of boxes and crates and things. So I didn't think anything of it, okay? This morning, though, it's a, the sound is much closer. It's much closer. And it's a, again, it's a shuffling sound or a paper-moving sound. It's a, it's a unique sound for what it is. But then I start here, and so I'm thinking, okay, something's in this room. And I'm thinking maybe it's like a, a lizard, a chameleon, you know, because those that happens every now and then. I had one earlier uh, in the in the year that broke in. I've had that a couple times. Okay, maybe it's just a chameleon snuck in. Didn't think too much of it, but then I start hearing it goes. Okay, it, it's too. The pattern is too strong. It's too clear, and so I know it's a very intelligent creature of some kind. And it's got to be a mouse, a rat, or something of this vein, based on what I'm hearing. The sound of it makes me think this has got to be fairly large in size. And so it's dark because my lights are off. But, you know, as I move, the sound stops. Now I know I'm dealing with a very intelligent creature, critter of some kind. I don't know what it is, but I know it's something very intelligent. Maybe a bird got in and it's kind of stuck because, you know, flapping of a wing or something. And I'm not, I'm not... I'm thinking it's got to be a rat or a mouse, but I'm also accepting that it might just be a bird that was trapped, somehow got in through a vent or something, okay? The house is reasonably well, you know, sealed. Like, we don't have a crawl space here. There's no holes, obvious holes to, for things to get through. Don't think too much of it, okay? So then I get up, and I grab my, I have two, uh, you know, like garbage pickers, uh, little claws. I get two of those, and I start shifting stuff around in the bedroom. Eventually takes a while, but eventually I see a dark shadow shoot from one side of this room to underneath the bed. And my bed is raised, I'd say it's probably about maybe a foot and a half off the ground. So it's obvious you can see under the bed. I did that on purpose. Dark, dark thing shoots over that way. Because of the size of it, I know it can't be a bird. It's, it, whatever this is, is freaking huge. Do the light from my tablet. I can see what's staring at me. This, this dude's got, and it's a rat. It's got to be two feet long. I'm talking tail and body. So the tail's got to be a foot by itself, and then the body's got to be another foot. He's huge. And, you know, he's moving around. Like, you can tell he's freaked out. Looks at me for a little bit, tries to climb, can't climb, freaks a little bit, dashes back to where he came from. And I have no idea why he was there, where he came from, but he had to have been there at least for a full day, from what I can see. Okay. So I've got to do something about this. Now, the last time I was in a situation with a rat that I had to deal with, I was a kid and it was in my parents' attic and I was actually hunting for, I had a pet hamster that got out and I was looking for the hamster. And when I went into 
my parents' attic to look for this hamster, I saw some eyes, beady eyes in the background that I suspect it was the hamster, but I don't think it was the hamster. I think it was a rat. And I was not able to catch the rat that time either. So that was the last time I had ever dealt with a rat. I certainly hadn't dealt with one this size. Like if you had seen this guy, you might think it was like a, a possum or something. It's huge, this guy. So, okay, I've got to order some traps and get this set up. And I'm not going to do the electric trap business because sometimes those don't work. And I don't want to do the sticky business because although they work, because of the size of him, he'll just drag the trap along with him, which won't do any good. And sometimes they don't die when they hit the sticky traps. And I know this because I've done sticky traps for other types of pests, mostly spiders. So, okay, can't do a sticky trap. I'm not going to do the shock trap. So that leaves the snap trap. I don't want to do the old school wooden snap trap because this guy's huge. I need something that's got a little bit more power to it, something that's a little bit larger to make sure that whatever we do, we can deal with him quickly. So those finally arrived in the later afternoon. I went ahead and set up one right along the path where he had run before and just kind of wait with some peanut butter as bait on there. Shout out to Skippy for their natural peanut butter, by the way. It's delicious. But I set that up there, and it's been a couple of hours, and I have a, a security camera trained right at the, the trail spot. Nothing. Not a hint of him. No sound from the area. So I'm thinking he probably got out, but took off and went somewhere because I haven't seen another hint of him since. So I've got to leave the trap there. But unfortunately, if you didn't know this because you live in an area that's a little bit cleaner than here, if you didn't know this, so this is a what's referred to as a roof rat. And a roof rat, they get in usually like from trees. So I'm surrounded by a bunch of conifers and a bunch of, which I can't stand. There's a whole crap ton of trees. And then what happens is they'll get in through roofing tile or through soffit vents up top, usually. And then they'll hang out in the attic. When I was out in Washington in my house, they thought that there was a, there was a rat infestation at some point because they saw hints of it. They never found any live rats. They put some traps up there, never did find a live rat. But that's what generally happens. You know, just hang out in your attic. And usually they're trying to get away from inclement weather. So we had this whole hurricane business with a bunch of rain. And my theory is he was trying to get in out of the bad rain because it, it was bad. It was flooding for a minute. Either that or he was trying to get away from all the stray cats that have been running around the neighborhood because there's a lot of those. So if he went outside... I'm assuming the cat would have caught him and dealt with him because I've been here since 2019. And this is the first time I've even seen, like, I, again, I saw a lizard, sure. But with that, a rat, and certainly that size, first time I've ever seen it. So with rats, though, they carry a lot of illnesses that can be harmful or sometimes fatal to humans if you didn't know that. And so it's, it's not good if you ever get that situation to be in proximity, certainly not in a situation where you're sleeping. They're not going to usually come out where you're occupying the place. So I was talking to folks and they said, well, yeah, with the whole lockdowns easing up and people going back to work, that's when they're coming out again, doop, doop, doop. And then in my case, you know, I haven't needed to leave my home very frequently because I work from home. So, but in this case, because of the bedroom, that's where he was found. They're thinking that it just, you know, He's foraging, he's either foraging for food or getting away from inclement weather because it's unusually go there. There's food in other places. There's food in the kitchen, you know, like bread and that kind of stuff. So there's food available that, that's easier to access, that not touched. So, okay, got to be trying to get out of the weather or trying to get away from cats. 
I went back in there earlier because I was checking the camera ever periodically and it has a sound detector. Not, not a hint of him since. So either he's left and is not there or something else happened. Don't know. But because of this and because of the risk that's involved in the fact that, okay, perhaps he senses since I'm in the house, he's just going to chill out or because it's not nighttime yet because we're not in the darkness. It's only just about seven o'clock and we're getting to the point where it's light for a long time that maybe once it gets dark again, he'll come out and then boom, possibly, hopefully we'll hit the trap and then he'll be done. But in the meantime, I've got to make sure I get some sleep. So I went ahead and rented a room for a week because my thought was, this is probably the sign for me to get the hell out of here because he's probably telling me it's time for you to go, brother. So I took my essentials from the back room and, you know, there's not too much in the in the bedroom that I really care about. It's really just a place to sleep at the end of the day. It's always how I treat my bedroom. Most of my essential stuff is out in the living room or it's in storage. So I got the essentials that were left there. I have to box up my books that's in the closet, um, crate up a couple of loose papers and that kind of stuff. And then I'm pretty much good. So my plan, just so you have this awareness because it affects the show ever slightly, I'm going to be renting a van from Penske. And then I'm going to take and just basically sleep at this hotel. I'll come back here to work because I'm paying for internet here. Come back here to do work. During the day, I'll be here. But just to sleep, I'll be at the hotel room so I can wait until he gets snapped off this trap. And then once I see he gets snapped off the trap, then I'll feel comfortable possibly coming back and sleeping. But at that point, it's moot. You know, I've already got the room booked. But meanwhile, I'll do trips and I'll just load the van slowly over time with the things that I don't need ready access to, like all my musical stuff. I don't need ready access to it. Uh, some of my computer stuff, I don't need radio access to it. And I'll just start loading that puppy up. Then once I get to Wednesday, so I'm going to start this tomorrow. Once I get to Wednesday-ish, I'll kick the process off to get my stuff that's in storage shipped up where I'm going. I'll get a truck for having them ship my two cars up where I'm going. And then I'll drive the van up there. That solves all the remaining problems. That solves the, the quandary of what to do with cars. It solves the having to get the maintenance on, the, on my uh, car that I'm keeping. It solves worrying about having to come back here. It just solves every problem if I do it that way. So that's the tentative plan. It looks like it's going to work because Penske is doing it great. They're like, yeah, we don't check that. We don't care. You pay it, and, you know, it's cash and we're done. Great. So just so you have the loop here. Tomorrow, I'm going to book this whole business with the van. I'm going to be going to the hotel here this evening, probably somewhere around 7 o'clock or something to check in. 7, 8, maybe a little bit later, but I think probably 7 or 8. I might even go later even than that. I haven't decided because usually what I do is I start going to bed or start you know preparing to go to sleep sometime around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And since it's a hotel room and it'll be cleaner, I can do what I need to do. I've thought about that. I won't have to worry about the utility bills doing that. So maybe I'll do that like eight o'clock or something. But point is I'll go down there, check into the room, hopefully get everything sorted, situated if I can. And as long as I get the room all uh, taken care of and there's no problems with that, then I'll be there the whole week through Saturday. Wednesday will pop around. During the days, each day I'm going to just, I'll get the van. I'm going to load 
every day I'm just going to take some load and load and load in reverse order what I need versus what I don't. Some stuff I'm just going to let go because it's not worth it. And then once I get all loaded up off that business and I get my cars on the way and I get my crates on the way, once everything's on the way that needs to be, then I'll drive it using the van. I'll just drive all the way where I'm going. And that drive, since it'll be a van and not my car, probably going to take me about a good day and a half as my guess. My estimate with my car was 24 hours straight. So that would have been a trip where if I did it over a weekend, then I probably would have ended up there like Sunday evening, leaving Friday. Given the route that I'm going to be taking, because I'm not going to the mountains, certainly not going to, through the mountains in a van. I refuse. And this bad boy gets 12 miles a gallon. It gets horrible mileage. So I've got gas or excuse me. Yeah. Well, gas money ready to go. So Looks like I'm good to go, and I definitely need to get out of here because of, not, number one, this this little unwanted guest, but also Paul Blart Mall cop's going to come back around about the lawn, and I'm not paying that business. I need to stop paying for a place up where I'm going where I can't be there. Health, there's other health things that I think I just need to get out of here, and then this whole hurricane business, I would have been out of here this last weekend if it hadn't been for that. So it's it's time, and so I'm I am pulling the trigger. I'm going to force myself to try to make this thing happen. Once I get on the road, there will not be any of the tracking or that kind of stuff because I don't have a smartphone. I actually have paper maps in the whole night. But once I get on the road, usually what I do is I try to make significant progress. Like I'll try to hit two states because I'm going pretty far. I try to hit two states every day minimum if I can before I bunk up to a hotel. In this situation, I want to take it a little bit easier. I don't want to stress myself. There's nothing... There's nothing compelling me to be there on a certain day. I can always work out of the hotel so I can take my time with it. So another thing that I thought about, given I'm not in any time urgency per se, is to see if there's somewhere else along the way that I'm cool kind of just settling into in the short term for like a month or two, just to kind of relax, figure out what I want to do, collect a little bit more money because I'm owed another large check this Friday and then realign and, and regroup and go back where I'm going. So everything hopefully will be under under the way this week. Finally, it's been eight months, eight and a half months of nonsense, but it sounds like we're this will work. I'm, I'm crossing fingers. I have no guarantees because I still have to do the van piece. I still have to, you know, get the map, the route, and everything planned out. I still got to finish my packing. I still got to do all this stuff, but it looks like it's going to work out. So that's what that is. Now, I gave that as a high level. That was half of my update today. The other half of my update is really a public service announcement, and it won't take that long, which is why I saved it for the tail end of today's episode. I was reading an article earlier today, and it had to do with vaping. If you are a person who vapes, that's your choice, your prerogative. I'm simply sharing a message as a public service announcement because I do think it's important for people to know and understand what's really going on that they may not know. Because depending on how they got in it, they may have been misinformed about the whole situation. But first, I'm going to read some points and then I'm going to share my pieces of it. This is coming from the messenger.com if you want to read it yourself. And it was a doctor who came out referring to the so-called dangers of vaping, said that Ultimately, this whole thing, this phenomenon is a little bit new, and they're not really going to know what the true impacts are for a few decades, similar to the way smoking they didn't know until late later. Quote, 
The number of American teens who use e-cigarettes and similar devices is growing, but experts fear that science doesn't yet know how much harm they can cause. We know a few potential risks of vaping from the short-term use Humberto Choi, MD, a pulmonary, that's the heart, medicine specialist at the Cleveland Clinic, told The Messenger. The possible long-term harms related to potentially chronic lung disease or a chronic cardiovascular disease or given the potential for cancer is not clear. E-cigarettes exploded onto the market in the 2010s, hooking millions of miners with fruit and candy-like flavors. The large-scale decline of teen smoking during the early 2000s was seen as a victory by health officials. But now experts fear the rise of vaping has undone that progress. Stop. When we refer to in this one about children vaping, I was stunned when I heard this. I was stunned to hear that so many young people have turned to vaping. And it makes me wonder if it's simply easy access to vapes like Juul when it was getting sued out, if it's, if it's that, or if it's peer pressure, you know, peers say, hey, come on, man, everyone's doing it. Or if it's even the parents doing this stuff. The question is, how are they getting access to this, to this level of, you know, this number? How are they getting access to this? Maybe, just maybe, it's similar to what happened when kids were getting access to condoms and people were getting freaked out and then eventually they just gave in and started putting those condom machines in bathrooms because they said, well, at least they're being safe about it, so we might as well embrace this. Is it that? Or, again, is it that the store is not age-checking folks because they're supposed to because it's still nicotine at the end of the day in some cases? I know that they have some that are around marijuana, but there is some, there's some of this nicotine that's still baked in it. So I was stunned to see the number. That was what threw me. Quote, Vapes were initially marketed as less harmful alternatives to smoking, and the firms that manufacture them have said their devices are to be used as a smoking cessation tool. However, there's growing concern that e-cigarettes are not only harmful to the lungs and heart in the way cigarettes are, but that they also carry their own unique risks. In a study published last year, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, found that 2.6 million high schoolers in the United States are regular vape users, with some warning that America is facing an epidemic stop. 2.6 million high schoolers in the United States, regular, keyword, regular vape users. How is it possible that you have so much regular vaping in the high schools, number one? Number two, how is it possible that the teachers are not able to catch this or detect this or sense this? How is all this happening? Like, it almost seems like somebody's dropping the ball here and they're not on their J-O-B like they used to be because they used to be but they'd be all over you. They'd be actually smelling for it. You know, they're, you know, as you walk by and I know that obviously there's the scents and sometimes they'll use like colognes and I know that the tricks of everything, but these, the smell of these is pretty potent. It's not that easy to hide. And so I'm wondering if they're not even looking for it. Quote, while the food and drug administration FDA has attempted to crack down on flavored vapes, efforts have largely been in vain. A study published in JMA Monday, found that when the agency removed flavored products from the market, teen users of those products would often instead just find a new flavored product from a different brand to smoke instead of quitting. The most worrying part for Dr. Humberto and others in his field is that the long-term effects of using a vape are still relatively unknown. And if the short-term data available is any indication, then millions of young people around the world are setting themselves up for potentially devastating health issues down the line. There have been studies on how vaping can affect lungs and also our cardiovascular system. 
There are potential mechanisms that can cause chronic lung disease, chronic cardiovascular disease, and even cancer, Dr. Choi explained. KFF, a nonprofit focused on national health issues, reports that poison control center calls linked to the use of vapes have doubled over the past five years. More than 7,000 calls were recorded between April 2022 and March 2023, KFF reports. A study published Tuesday by researchers at Ohio State University found that only 30 days of vaping could lead to users feeling shortness of breath and other symptoms linked to bronchitis, a potentially devastating lung condition. Previous research has also highlighted damage to both the lungs and heart linked to frequent vape use. Some doctors have warned the damage is on par with that of traditional cigarettes. Dr. Choi warns that the breadth of current health problems that vapes can cause likely means that even more harmful conditions may form in the future. It's something that time will tell, he explained. If I were a teenager now, I would probably avoid that. I definitely don't want to be one of those people who would find out in a few years that they had a problem because they were using a vape. He said that similar to a cigarette use, the worst of the impacts of vaping may not be felt until decades down the road. Since many pick up vaping in high school, it is possible that users will have been using the devices for decades by the time they make it to their 50s. This is what happens with cigarette smoking, Dr. Choi explained. Most people, when we find that they have a lung problem caused by smoking, we find years, sometimes decades later. These problems can be very severe, sometimes lung cancer or cancer in different places, but it's not something we detect early when we begin. Smoking damage is something we find years later stop. All of that is targeted around kids, right? This, you start as a kid, you start in high school, and it becomes an addiction. You do it for years, and there's long-term damage. What he's saying is that we don't really know what the long-term impacts are of vaping, just like we didn't know about cigarettes at the time, and we're not going to know until more time has passed, but the concern is being raised now that vapes may be getting presented as a safe alternative to smoking or even a way to quit smoking, and instead, it may be causing either the same damage or more damage and possibly the same addictions. I can't say for certain because I don't smoke, never have smoked. I am a straight edge. But I share this because it's a concerning set of information that's out there. And if you are one who vapes, I would encourage you to do a little bit more research on it. And I don't present that it is easy to quit. I am saying that if you're in your younger years, by younger, I mean less than 40. If you're in your younger years, and there may be an opportunity to consider, reconsider it. I implore you to do so because I wouldn't want you to cause any sort of long-term damage to something that may become an addiction early on, especially if you were presented it as an alternative to cigarettes, a safer alternative when it really may not be. So I thought to share that as a public service announcement, not to try to change your mind, but I wouldn't want anybody to do it and cause long-term harm to themselves. It's kind of like the with you know sticking something in your arm. If it's something where you don't know the long-term effects of a thing, you just don't know what's going to happen in the future. Some people live day-to-day. -day. Some people feel like whatever, YOLO. Some people don't really care. Some people just kind of breeze it over. They don't take the time to think about it, too busy partying or something else. That's all fine. I'm simply sharing it that I don't think it's good. If it's true that there's some sort of a long-term impact, I don't think it's good to continue to perpetuate it of yourself and harm yourself if you can get ahead of it, and keep yourself safe. What you choose to do is what you choose to do. It's not for me to dictate or tell you what to do. Simply to put an impassioned plea out there in a public service announcement for information that you may not have been aware of. And if you are exposed to or aware of children who are 
vaping, I would encourage that, you know, you have the conversation and, you know, discourage that kind of stuff because it's not healthy for them as young. Like we got to think about why would you want kids to do these things, right? Why would you want kids to handle guns? Why would you want kids to drink? Why would you want kids to smoke when you don't want kids to have sex? You don't want kids to pierce themselves. You don't want kids to maim themselves. There's all these things you don't want to do. You don't want kids to do. So why is it okay for certain self-harm, self-mutilation, but not other self-mutilation? I think we should denounce all, all forms of self-damage and self-mutilation because that's how we get, there's a case that was just done that I will, I'll probably cover on maybe next week. There's a girl and she was in a very toxic relationship and she and her friends, her friend and her boyfriend at the time, they get in a car after a party or something and she apparently this is a toxic relationship between the two of them. And so she guns the car and rams it straight into a building at hundred miles an hour. And I'll be talking about that, but you get to the point where kids become self-destructive because they can't appreciate the negatives of what it is that they're doing to themselves. And so I, I am going to point that as, okay, where were the parents, where were the teachers, where were the mentors in this? And maybe they don't have those. Maybe they're homeless, maybe they're whatever. But if you have an opportunity to get ahead of it and be in front of it and be that person, obviously not every kid's going to listen. You know, someone will be like, whatever, you're just a boomer, coomer, whatever they call it. But some may listen. Some may just need that attention and, and somebody to actually speak up about why it's not a good thing. And some might actually take it to heart. If you can defray at least, you know, 1% of what's out there, geez, that's better than letting 2.6 million kill themselves or harm themselves for the future. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.